The Bostonian is Matt Peralt. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered. You covered. Twelve. I covered. Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Happy Monday, boys and girls. What's up? Welcome in to another episode, another week of the Bostonian versus the book. Dave Sherapan, the book. Matt Peralt, the Bostonian. Live, YouTube, Twitter, at Boston versus the book. Replay on Sports Grid TV and Sirius XM Channel 1. 59 conspiracy theories taylor swift travis kelsey and is zach wilson any good plus baseball dave you're wearing the team that choked what 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 is this the the, the mariners how Stubble are you on a Seattle stuff i got it's the uh, only seattle stuff i got i got oh no actually i do have cracking stuff that's hockey though that's next week um i got this a long long time ago but i can't keep it on because it messes up the camera oh this right Seahawks something hat. It's the only Seahawks thing I got. This was two dollars. It's very. It it's, looks it's like one it. of them. Two dollars. It was two dollars. I said like I gotta have it just in case they ever get good again. It's a Patrick Cantley hat. I have it. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> well. Patrick Cat Cantley wouldn't even wear it. I'll keep it like this right now for uh, for a minute. Um, they didn't choke. They lost. The other teams won. I mean, they had opportunities to win. They couldn't do it. And then, you know, we'll get into the baseball here in a second. Mm. Um, Rangers choked, though. Well, they could have won and then been a division. Yeah, that, that, we'll, we'll get into that too. Um, I mean, I, I, how was your takeaway from, from the Taylor Swift? Like, we, we've got to get into that right away. Hold let's on. Just- wait, wait, wait. But, but before we do that, because that, that, that's a longer conversation. So let's let's hold on. I, I just want at the top. I just want to say something about Tim Wakefield really quick before we get in something lighthearted yeah, because yes. I'm not in really a lighthearted mood at the moment. We'll get into right. a lighthearted mood, but uh, Tim Wakefield passing away over the weekend. The speed in which this happened, from which we learned of the illness, from Kurt Schilling stealing the story from the Wakefield family to finding out that Tim Wakefield passed away over the weekend. I, I'm still kind of processing it, how quickly it happened, but he's a guy it's, it's you covered him in Pittsburgh. I watched him with the Red Sox. Some of them, my more, you know, searing memories of Tim Wakefield, obviously not the greatest of ones, which is the home run he gave up to Aaron Boone in the 2003 ALCS, but so many amazing closing opportunities he had. And just when he became part of the Red Sox, it was like Wakefield was the ying and Pedro was the yang. You had 98, a hundred and with movement and 60 with ridiculous movement and watching those two guys sometimes pitch on the same in the same game was unbelievable. And the outpouring of emotion from his teammates. I mean, Jason Veritek, you tweeted it this morning. I posted it over the weekend. Uh, I mean, there are some people who are really in shock at, at, at what happened. He died of brain cancer. In case you did not know the story we learned, unfortunately from Kurt Schilling's podcast that Tim was sick with with brain cancer. That was not known. And what, three days after he passed away? Incredible. The whole thing, like, 
got up yesterday to get watch the Ryder Cup and you know root for Jacksonville and Atlanta and the right result for our guy uh, Z and all this mm. other stuff and it was like boom Tim Wakefield just died what and I texted with a couple people uh, JD our guy back in Boston uh, mm. big Red Sox guy I mean he was just like what he didn't know and then like Raymaker Lou and I were texting. That was a guy that we saw in Pittsburgh in that summer of 1992. He captivated the whole place. And that was the year they should have gone to the World Series, was a game away from going and, and lost to the Braves. But he never – I mean, they cut him the next year. He, he had a, almost a 60 or eight, couldn't get anybody out. The knuckleball wasn't working. But you follow his career because he brought so much joy and excitement and was such an out-of-nowhere thing that – you know, we all had a soft spot for Boston. Like even fans that didn't like the Red Sox liked Tim Wakefield. Right. Because he threw it like you would hope you would throw it just playing catch. <laughs> like he was, you know, every, every kid was trying to throw a knuckleball. Like, look, if he could do it and get the big leagues, you can do it. Just learn how to throw that pitch really, really good. So, um, and then, I mean, you got to listen to him do games and stuff. I mm-hmm. didn't really get to listen to him do games. Till I moved here and got the package and saw him do it for a little while. Just a cool dude. And and I don't know, when I tweeted Veritech's response, it was like, I just hope in life, you can only hope that people will talk about you like that when you're gone. But my reminder of that with like my dad having brain cancer and I, I mean, how the life can change just like that is tell people how you feel about them while they're alive. Mm. Right. Like that's that's the thing that, that that I took away, like all this outpouring and the support and all this other stuff is going to be what it is. And I'm sure he knew because people in his No, they life, did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just Catherine Veritek, his wife's response to Kurt Schilling, let us knew that they knew. Right. Like she said, F you, Kurt Schilling, you had no right to do that. Right. So like, yeah, they the, the close inner circle knew, but nobody on the broad out, you know, outside of the, the, the tight knit family circle had any right. idea. Right. And again, that's their prerogative. That's their choice, not someone else's to make. If you, I mean, you, you ask them and say, Hey, can we tell people that this is, this no, don't. Okay. You know, well, as long as you know, I love you. That's good. I'd love mm-hmm. to tell the world so they can tell you while you're still here. You don't want to do that. People are private. You respect their wishes, but yeah, it was a sad thing. It was like, uh, I mean, he's not much older than me. You know, 56 or 57, I think he is. Yes, he was. So, way yeah. too young. Just one of those things, man. You just kind of wish their family well. Condolences mm. to everybody that knew him, covered him, was a teammate with him, was just, you know, worked with him with charity. He did charity work and yeah. all this other stuff. It was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. He was a big part of the big part of the Boston, New England family. He was out and about constantly seen, constantly doing things, doing games on Nesson. Like you, you saw Wakefield around, like he was not out of the public spotlight. Once he left, he was still very much there. And I mean, you compound that with, this is not nearly as big of a story because Tim Wakefield had a bigger role in Patriots or I guess in New England sports, but Patriot, former Patriot player, Russ Francis passed away over the weekend. And if you're old enough in the seventies, I never saw him play. I just knew Russ Francis as my dad would tell me what he was like in the seventies as a tight end, how difficult he was to guard. 
And I knew him as the guy that was the former Patriot that was all over the media all the time. He started a bunch of businesses and was very successful as a businessman in New England. After he left, his plane went down over the weekend and he passed away. So it was a, it was a tough weekend for former Boston, New England sports icons. He was one of the guys that I remember like the Steelers playing against and watching highlights of Russ Francis, Steve Grogan, uh, Tupu, Moses Tupu, yep. Yeah, John Hanna, yep. Hall of uh, Famer. Stanley Morgan. There were guys that I remember. He was one of them. I saw that this morning and I was like, wow, like mm. we're at the age now where we remember, you know, these guys as warriors, professional athletes. I mean, guys you watched on TV and looked up to and it's just another reminder, man. <laughs> Time doesn't stop, and you really have to appreciate every day. That's for sure. Okay, so now let's get to it. What happened this weekend and the Taylor Swift story from yesterday? NBC couldn't get enough of it. Look, I'm going to restate it again. I hope I'm wrong. I hope these two are just over the over the moon for each other. I, I hope this is two star-crossed lovers. They're going to go on and create an awesome story. It's Tom and Giselle 2.0, and I would oh. love I would love nothing less for this to happen. But being the media person that I am, somebody needs to do me a favor, and somebody needs to find out when did Taylor Swift buy the two commercials on Sunday Night Football for her movie that aired last night? Mm. I need to know that. Because if that happened a couple of months ago, because remember, this game was supposed to be Aaron Rodgers against Patrick Mahomes. This game has been sold out since last year when Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets. Okay. This was the game. If you were an advertising executive, this was prime real estate. This was the most coveted of coveted spots to have an ad running during this game because everyone thought the Jets were going to be three, no, two and one, three and oh, mm. Chiefs would be three and oh. Here's Aaron Rodgers. It's in New York. It is. She's running advertisements for the movie in Times Square in which NBC has shots of the advertising in Times Square for Taylor Swift's movie. Oh. It's all too perfect. I'm sorry. It's just too coordinated for my liking and maybe I'm dead wrong. And maybe they're absolutely, it's all coming together quickly. And maybe it's all just an amazing lightning in a bottle event that everyone's all, all about. But when those ads ran last night during the game, I went, Oh no. And then I saw the live shots with the advertisements in times square. And I went, "Uh Oh, okay. And then I saw Nathan Hubbard, who is a guy who does a podcast on Taylor Swift with Nora Princiati for the ringer tweet out that man if you're a conspiracy theorist there's a lot to chew on here during this game <laughs> well, yeah of course i mean it, it always of course but it's uh i mean for me it's secondary to the game like that's sure always it's always secondary to the game it's a uh, it, even you I, asked me before the game before the game though before you asked the game question you asked me a taylor swift question it's I the normal thing out and out of the way because I think this is like a lot of things. The media makes a bigger deal about it than the people do. Oh, like, I, disagree I think there's with you. a lot. Of, I don't know. I think there's a lot of like, you know. Did you notice how they were doing the game last night? How they were explaining the game of football? 
there was a very big difference the way they call the game on Sunday football normally and the way they were calling that game last night. That yeah. was a different audience they were speaking to last night. Yeah. I don't know. Collinsworth was being overly analytical about the way he was describing things. Tariko was being very uh, pro Taylor on everything they were saying pro Kelsey and everything they were saying. He didn't have a very good game. No, he did not. And the chief fans, I tweeted it this morning. I was absolutely rolling. I got up. First thing I do normally, I just check my phone. I'm just, I flipped on Facebook for the first time. And the chief fans I know from Omaha, I was absolutely dying. They're a hundred percent blaming her. Sebastian, uh, Sebastian Anthony just came in to chat and said, I watched Rocky and Mickey said women weaken legs. <laughs> and that's, I okay. guess we know why Travis didn't have a TD <laughs> now, don't we? <laughs> Here's the thing. The team is distracted. Since Taylor has shown up, the team has not performed very well. Uh, Travis looks mentally exhausted. <laughs> These are all the excuses being yeah. placed on Taylor, on Taylor Swift, which is so wrong because they, with Taylor, they blew out the team they played with Taylor the first time she was there, but the second time, uh-oh, now it's all too much. Yeah. Come on. Come on. That's nonsense. I was laughing my ass off. I'm like, if they start losing, they're going to blame Taylor Swift. It's already, oh. you can already see it. God. They're going to say it's her fault. Yeah. It's awful. It's so wrong. It's got nothing to do with Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's awesome. I don't have any, somebody said it, They'd be interested to see the effect of like Taylor Swift or, or, or these things like, you know, this is a big social media thing. This is all True. over the place. Yep. It's going to come in like everything else with social media, big bang. It'll be, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then it's going to go out. People will just. Unless done. I would agree. Uh, unless we hear like Chris Collinsworth say that the two of them driving away in a convertible, was the greatest thing he'd ever seen, which I was like, Chris, yeah, a little too much hyperbole. I was like, please stop. Little too much there. This is the dumbest. Like, that's the greatest thing you've ever seen is two people driving away in a convertible. He's like, she's so wanted. She drives in bulletproof cars and blah, blah. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, she's not the president. She's a pop star. All right. They drove to a party that was literally a couple miles down the road. What do you think? Someone, some like, like, you know, Russian, a Russian mafia is going to come in and kidnap her and hold her for ransom. Like, what the hell are we doing? I, I, Collinsworth was, I couldn't stand him last night. He was pissing me off left and right with the things he was talking about. I was like, just please shut up. So just talk about the game. Stop talking about all the things around the game. And then we had this because if you want to talk about a game story, well, get ready for the safe, game story. Oh it was a perfect slide. It was like Trey Turner sliding home safe. The NFL's rigged. Patrick Mahomes could have walked right into the end zone, but there's no way Vegas would have been happy if the Chiefs covered the spread. Turn this crap off. The refrain over and over and over again from gamblers that claimed that Patrick Mahomes were doing the books bidding, which, by the way, they won by three. Okay. The line was eight and a half, seven and a half at some books. If you teased it down, the money line parlays still hit. All the teasers still hit. So, right. I, I would agree. The side is more money bet on the side than there are teasers and parlays. Yeah. 
but it wasn't like that thing swept the board. If you want to be a conspiracy theorist, theorist, the Jets winning that game, that would have been the difference. That would have hit the book. That would have hit the public and hurt the help the books a ton if the Jets had won the game outright. Sometimes the games fall around the number. That's a good number. It's just you know, it, I don't know. The the thing that has to be looked at is how many times they looked like they were not going to have the ball in the last seven minutes of the game, and then there was a call. And they, well, that's the well, that's. I mean, you want to argue about the holding call? I'm I'm here to to argue about the referees. I am 100 percent comfortable saying the referees were ass last night. They were pro chief. Every call went Casey's way. And then the holding call on Sauce Gardner, which was not holding. There is no holding there. That was a horrific call that gave the football, kept the football with Kansas City. That gave him the game. Now, the fumble for Zach Wilson, equally problematic. The down yeah. three has the ball midfield. He fumbles the football, basically gave the game away. The slide was a, was a smart football play. That was that won the game that locked up the game. So that was the right thing to do. There's no, there's not even a debate. It wasn't, he wasn't trying to win and not cover. The league didn't call down. Nobody <laughs> called Vegas. I can 100% guarantee you that. That was, there's more money bet out to the Vegas than in Vegas now in America. We need to stop this whole like Las Vegas crap. Okay. Well, stop saying. Still just what it is. I mean, like Kleenex, whatever you want to call it, but it's, you know, I, I get it. Tissue paper to Kleenex, but saying Vegas called it down or Vegas wanted this. It's like, what do you, I mean, New York has a bigger handle than Vegas does. What are you talking about? The books are based here. Okay. Yeah. Some of them are, some of them aren't. DraftKings and FanDuel aren't. They don't even operate here. Right. Two biggest books in the, in, in, in legalized America, the two biggest books do not operate here in Vegas. Be interesting if all the books closed in Vegas. I don't know where a lot of people would get the lines from. <laughs> be pretty wild. <laughs> That'd be pretty interesting. Um, yeah, listen, the NFL has a has an officiating problem. Period. Do they ever? There's, there's the the, and not that it's can be fixed. It just has to be consistent. It's not consistent from quarter to quarter, let alone game to game. You watch one game and stay on it for a while. You can see the way it's being called is not the same. The the same thing can happen in two different stadiums. One's a penalty and one's not. Or they let so much go in one game where they're calling penalties in another game. I don't know. I was trying to watch Tampa and the Saints and Miami and Buffalo. I felt like I was watching two different sports. I mean, it was... And again, the style of play can be very different from week to week, from team to team and stadium to stadium. But I have no idea, none, what pass interference is anymore. Mm -hmm. I really don't. Mm -hmm. I, I just, and then there's times you see replays and stuff where you're just like, okay, they're going to overturn that. And then they go, oh, call on a field stance. And the call on a field was wrong. And the guy upstairs just confirmed that the call was wrong by keeping it the same. And you're like, I don't even know what we're doing anymore. So I still think there should be an eye in the sky override ability. I still think there should be somebody who can signal down to the guys and say, you're wrong. You're wrong. That's not, you're wrong. It's not, it, it has to be like the, the language has to be like egregious, you know, clear missed call type of situation. 
but last night was egregious in a clear missed call. That was not pass interference and or holding on Sauce Gardner. Like, I don't know what holding is either uh, as far as on the offensive line, but it certainly looked like there was a hold on the play that Mahomes got the, the third down. Oh, my God. Yards. I put the video out. Holy. Yeah, I saw it on your Twitter. <laughs> Jesus, mother. A guy literally has his jersey being ripped off the shoulder pad. Just like that. And then, and they called the flag on the Jets. Not on the the flag came out, but the flag came out on the Jets, not on the not on the Chiefs' offensive lineman. It was so obvious. Jets were getting held consistently during the last quarter and a half of that game. The Chiefs figured out they're not calling holding against us. Do whatever you want, and they just started to manhandle the the, the pass rush for the Jets. And again, if that's the way it's called, okay, but then you can't. Like there's no crying about the officiating. It, it is what it is. I just think as a perception now, everything is under a major eyeglass. Everything. I mean, for it to even be a narrative on social media that Mahomes is sliding and saving the protecting the lead, but saving the books and blah 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 blah. It's a bad. It's a. It's all bad. There's no good to come out of any of it. Nope. So now. I mean, you watch the replay, the video's available, everybody puts it out right away, and it's like, what is that? That certainly looks, sounds, smells, and is holding. Oh, no, it's not holding on that play, or he didn't see it. Well, how did he not see it? Because the whole world saw it. Uh, Don't know. Don't know what you're looking for. I, I somebody wrote on underneath my tweet. They responded by saying he wasn't trying hard enough to get away. That's why the refs didn't notice it. Like, what are you talking about? It's like this is what I have to act like a court jester to go ahead and get you guys to get your attention to throw a flag. I got to be doing this whole thing. Like, look at me, look at me, look at me. I can't just be getting held and you call it because that's your job is to call it. Well, that's what happened in the NBA, right? Now they flop every time they get touched, and like right. you have to over exaggerate to by get the a call. call, right? It, it, you can't do that. I mean, the NHL instituted the diving rule because of that. Said, no, we'll call a penalty when we call a penalty. If you fake or exaggerate that penalty, maybe it was a penalty, but you're going in a box too. I don't know what the answer is exactly. Just consistency is all we ask as people that not just betters or books fans of the game just get it right i wish the nfl and i don't know i i, I once asked cleet blakeman this question about college officials asked because cleet was a big 12 official when i was in omaha and he used to do morning radio a lot he used to come in and talk on the todd and tyler show so i got to know him when i was doing sports for todd and tyler in omaha before he became an nfl referee like, why isn't there like a referee school that we know of? And he's like, well, there is and there isn't. You do games and then they watch tape. And then they, I'm like, well, why isn't there like a centralized place where referees will go to become that's their career? And he's like, well, that's not my career. He's a lawyer. He's like, I have a law firm. He's like, I ref on the side. This is like about my side gig. We have to stop that. Now, there are some full time referees in the NFL. There are full-time referees in the, in the NBA. There's full-time referees in college basketball, but the NFL doesn't have full-time across the board officiating crews. Oh. And that's, they should be training like NASCAR teams for pit crews. Like you should be working year round it's a with 20 your crew. Week, it's a 20 week gig. 
Yep, and it shouldn't be. It should be a year-round thing where you're What do you do the rest of the year to pay them as the company? I, I, the I don't NFL, know. The NFL, uh, they can afford it. It's 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 okay. They can afford it. It's not a big. I, I understand. <laughs> what do you do? You pay them to stay home and stay in shape. Yes, you pay them. You pay them to work together, train together. This is what your job is. You want to be an NFL referee. This is your job. Here, there's numerous people that would make it their full time job if you want to. You know push out the Cleet Blakemans and the Bill Rabinovich's guys who are, you know, older and have all this money on other, uh, other avenues. The guys, it ain't my worth my time. I'm going to go do something else. Great. There's like 15 other people that would take your spot tomorrow to referee full time and work just as a referee. Like these guys, the only thing they should do is what's your profession. I'm an NFL referee and they train year round and they train with their crew so they know how each other operates. They know what angles to take. They know in terms of positioning, they know where their guys are going to go. It's just like being part of a team. Like the way you play, you may want the puck on one side of your skate or, or your stick or the other. You may be more likely to take a slap shot from the point, or you may be like more likely to, to take a, a wrist shot from the left side. Like it's just human beings working together, knowing tendencies. And these guys don't work together enough. And it's obvious because they don't anticipate other people movements, you know, other guys moving around. And if one guy's out of, out of position, it throws everything off. They don't know what they're doing and they miss calls. And all, all we get at the end is, sorry, the NFL issues a statement saying a call was missed at the da, 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 da. It's still a part-time job. And it's it going to be. be, it's going to be for the foreseeable future. I mean, these guys all have side hustles. They all have real jobs. They all yeah. have. I know two NCA officials here in town. You know, one has an insurance agency. One has a. Um, but most of those guys are, at least for six months, are full time. They're on the road a ton. They're all they over the place. leave on Thursday. They come back on Sunday. Some of them. I, I mean, I know referees like. You know, Higgins, who is a guy with the floppy hair and everyone talks about him, John mm -hmm. Higgins, who's been just, he's from Omaha. So John, John Higgins is a guy who I, I ran in the same circles. We talk, he basically works six nights a week. He's all over the country. Like his, his miles are, it's absolutely insane. Basketball official. Yeah. College basketball. Oh, the basketball officials are different. I'm talking football. Oh, okay. I, yeah. ha I know a couple of college football guys. Mm -hmm. They fly on Thursday. They do the game. They, you know, they go to dinner whatever Friday they all talk. Sometimes you meet a guy for the first time and then you do a game with them on Saturday and then you leave and never see that guy again the rest of the season. And we ask why they suck. Like, think about that. We they ask why we were introduced themselves to each other on Friday at dinner. Right. That's horrible. That's not the way, a, you know, the they human beings work. Division one football game. Yeah. It's, it's like with us, it's like when you're doing shows with somebody, like you meet him for the first time, five minutes before you go on the air, here you go, yeah. go, go to a show. You know what? Yeah. Like, it's not going to be it's fun. Hard. It's like, it's going to be plastic. It's going to be boring. And you're not going to have, have a relationship with the person. You're not going to know what they like and don't yeah. like how they do things where, you know, you know, you, you can give me a topic, you know, you can set me up for something and I'm going to run with it. I'm the same way with you. And you're going to run yep. with it. We just, we know it. Like you have to have that relationship and the referees do not have that relationship. Nope. It's so obvious across all levels. And we're, if gambling is going to be so accepted in such a big part of the next 20 years of sports in America, well, then we got to take officiating more seriously and, and we got to really invest in officiating and make this right. If you don't, the ramifications are that people are going to start to say this stuff and then it's it's going to just affect handle. I mean, people are being like, nah, you know what? I don't really bet the NFL. 
because of the officiating. I mean, they'll come up with a reason why, but take away that objection. We talk about, you and I talk about taking away objections every day to a lot of things. Well, take away the objection because the objection is there. I mean, literally, it's what everybody's talking about, showing them sliding it, showing well, the holding call that wasn't called. The, the, the conspiracy the theorists. Right, but it, get, it gives the conspiracy theorists the oxygen in the room. Right. Like they yeah. get to start to highlight this on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and whatnot. And they start showcasing, you know, did you know that this was a $50 million swing that if Patrick Mahomes goes into the end zone, the, the sports books would have lost. They can make up some ridiculous figure and throw it out there. And then everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're right. That's incredible. Why would he do that? Why didn't he score? If you're a casual football fan, you're not thinking it through. There's two minutes to go in the game. Have you ever seen a football player not score a touchdown? There was no one there between him and the touchdown to score. Everyone loves scoring touchdowns. And Patrick Mahomes takes you know, takes a slide at the two yard perfect line. slide. It was a perfect slide. <laughs> and he stood up and he did that pose. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, minus three. Fell perfectly. Stayed under the total, right? Oh, it was perfect. Yeah, stayed under, covered the covered everything. The teasers, the the the, the Chiefs cover the teasers, but the Chiefs don't cover the spread. Jets come in. Jets cover. I mean, nine and a half. You could have had nine oh, and no, a half. 42. It, the total was 42 or 41 and a half. So it was 43. So it totally oh, okay, so it, it did go over. But I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's still right there. It's one one or two possessions either. And look at here's here's the week of for uh, that's baseball. Sorry. Uh, the sports books did not do well. The sports books went. It was 12 and three. I believe the number. Favorites from, twelve and three straight up. Yeah, nine five and one against the spread, depending on you know if you had the three or three and a half with the Bears and the Broncos. Yeah, so ouch, not great. Uh, but just one more quick thing on Zach Wilson. I, do you think that's something they can build upon, or is that a fluke performance? They didn't lose because of him. Nope. Played good. I thought he played. I mean. Is that the best he's looked? Mike Garofalo said it this morning on NFL Network, and I thought it was really interesting. He said he was talking to, to, to beat reporters for the Jets, and they said they've never seen that, that version of Zach Wilson ever. Not in practice, not on seven-on-sevens, not in games, not in preseason. They had never – like whoever that guy was, <laughs> they're like, who's that guy? <laughs> like they didn't know who the guy was. Right. So like that's that's one of those situations where it's what do you do – if you are a Jet fan, I think you have to feel at least a little encouraged that he took that step forward. It's a big game on Sunday night football. Everything would have indicated that you would have been scouring the waiver wire or making calls today to try to make a trade. You don't have to do that now. You have a quarterback that's going to be serviceable, grow, knows what he has to do, shown flashes of doing it. I don't know. I, I was texting with Anthony, who was on the show last night, and, you know, he was like, he was done with the Jets after last week. He was like, I'm done. I'm just done. I'm done. I'm done. Then somebody called him and said, I got a ticket to the game tonight. Do you want to go? And he nice. went. Nice. And so it was late here, and I just I knew he would still be either in traffic or not home oh. yet. So I texted him. I said, 
what do you think? And he's like, I don't want to get excited again, but I feel better about it now. I mean, Zach Wilson did show up. I mean, the Zach Wilson right. we all we all know and love at the end did show up. I mean, right. he did fumble, he did fumble the game away. So, like, you know, that part of the the bungle nature of his play is still there. But he was throwing into tight windows there for 275 yards. I mean, yeah. like he if I'm Garrett Wilson. I'm like, okay, and kid. He did not throw a pick, right? Nope. Didn't throw a pick. He did nope. not throw a pick. So. Nope. Look, if you are a Jet fan, and I've said this before, I'm pulling for for, for Zach Wilson. I, I hope that kid actually turns out to be a somewhat decent quarterback. He's had everyone, including Rodney Harrison on national TV last night, just dunk on him like crazy. Mm. And if he gets good, I'll hate on him. I'll make fun of him again. It's more fun when the Jets are somewhat relevant and the Patriots beat them because we always beat the Jets. So it's more relevant and it would be good. Maybe the only team the Patriots are going to own ever is the Jets. We still will own the Jets, but that at least is I, I, I'm pulling for the, the story of Zach Wilson, not as a jet, but as a story of Zach Wilson, I'm pulling for the kid. <laughs> They're playing the Broncos. I can't wait. In New York or in, or in Denver? No, it's in Denver. Uh-oh. That's this week. Uh-oh. That's I saw good. the line last night, and I texted everyone that I knew and said, the Jets are beating Denver next week in Denver. Grab three. It's It was three. It's two this morning. So Denver's minus three? It was. It's not anymore. It's two. So, again, I don't know. The Jets' defense is <laughs> very good. Very good. The Broncos' defense is not. <laughs> Bet the under. Who was worse, my team or your team? My team lost thirty-eight to three at Dallas. Your team lost thirty to six at Houston. Are you aware that's the worst loss of Belichick's career? That's the worst it loss is? of his career. It's the he's never lost a game by thirty-five points. That's really, I thought he would have for sure. Really? Same with me. I saw it this morning and I, I should have taken a picture of the graphic. I was like, what? That's the huh. first time he's like the most points he's lost by as a coach. It's impressive. Wow. Bench it, Mac Jones. Some at some point you had to have gotten blown out or something. Everything right. went bad. No. Like 40 to nothing. Well, it's pretty yeah. impressive. It's I mean, really it's impressive. it's it's the run. Look, I, I'm I'm gonna say this again. Bill Belichick leaves when Bill Belichick wants to leave this idea that people want to push Bill Belichick out and they think he's done and he needs to go and blah, blah, blah. The arrogance, the stubbornness, it's all old and done. No, Nick Saban can leave when Nick Saban wants to leave. Bill Belichick can leave when Bill Belichick wants to leave. I don't think Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback of the Patriots next year. I will say that. We'll ask the chat. We got a nice crowd in here right now. Which loss was worse chat? Pats or Steelers? I think the Steelers only because the Houston Texans had a rookie quarterback. Yeah, it was not good. I, I mean, you, you lost to you lost to a guy who, you know, he's rookie of the year. I mean, CJ Stroud's gonna be rookie of the year. He's putting up he was just rookie of the month. If he stays yeah. healthy, he's gonna be the rookie of the year. So there's some solace in losing that. But I mean, the Texans defense is not that good. And you guys scored six points on the Texans defense. I saw the, I saw the offense here. I was like, there's no way the Steelers are winning this game. 
I I liked Houston. I liked Under. Everything went well with that, with the Bettis show. Um, wow. Every single person in the chat said Steelers. Worse. Not even close. Wow. Steelers, Steelers, Steelers. Oh, there's one Pats. Addison, I see you working. Um, it has to be Not encouraged. I'm, 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 you know, I was texting last night. I'm like, well, it's hockey season now. That's good. <laughs> because, you know, thank goodness we got – the storylines in college are phenomenal. There are. Yep. Like just there's more of them. And I don't know. I mean, and we'll talk about college football here coming up. It was awesome. Saturday was great. And I wasn't even that excited about the games because of the spreads. And then I started watching the games and I'm like, I just, I absolutely love college football. Pro, we get more duds than good games anymore. Just when you look at the card, there was the afternoon session. There was only three games. Dud, dud, dud. Bad, it was bad. Duds. It was just bad. Steeler game against Texans. If you're a Texan fan, it was great. Wasn't oh, Texans fans are, are, go, are beside themselves. All my former you know, uh, people I worked with down in Houston, they are jumping up and down right now. Like playoffs? Like they're thinking like no. playoffs? Well, I mean, they could win the South, but I think that they believe they've got a quarterback. They think CJ Stroud's going to be, they got a guy, they got a dude and Nico Collins and tank Dell and Damian Pierce. They've got three really good weapons. It's a makeshift offensive line, but even, but that was the, the biggest shocker for me. And because I've got these guys on my fancy team, I rolled the dice and said, all right, what happens if the Steelers defense gets torched? And I was like, it's the Steelers, but back-to-back road games, they might be tired. And you're asking that defense to play a lot of snaps because the offense hasn't been doing very much so far this year. The defense looked tired. I mean, the, the defense just didn't look like they had the same. They go in the secondary. three and out the most of any team in the league offensively. Yeah, and that was my that's my so I I started Nico Collins, Tank Dell, and Damian Pierce. Yeah, and two of the three went great crazy. Fantasy game. Yeah, two or three went off. I mean, Nico Collins had a monster game. I mean, these are guys that aren't aren't known commodities. But these are guys who are going to be known commodities soon in the NFL. They, they've hit on a couple of really good draft draft choices and guys that they've taken in a later part of the draft. Texans are a team to watch. J-Ma just hit this up with us. Thank you, J-Ma. SoCal DJ. And prior to yesterday, the worst Pats loss in Bill's tenure was on September 7th, 2003. A 31-point loss to the Bills. 31 nothing was the final. Yeah. I mean, the Patriots How is have- that possible? Because it's, it's I mean, look, the Patriots have scored 55 points through four weeks. That's the second fewest in the history under Bill Belichick. In 2000, they scored 51. That was Belichick's first season. That's how bad this offense is. So bad the Patriots have been scoring points. They can't score against anybody. I mean, their offense stink. is the, the offense is bad. Stink. Patriots stink. The, the, their defense is good, but just like like but like the Steelers, you know, their secondary is really banged up, and the Cowboys went after it yesterday. Yeah. So wisely so. Right, and then no shot of coming back down multiple scores. Zero. I mean, no shot. Just 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 in game it. Whatever you got to do, like you force them to have to come back. You know, one dimensional pass only. Big trouble. Big Steelers trouble. can't stay on the field, can't get three first downs in a row on a drive. I mean, it just over and over and over. Pickett got hit. 
Um, you know, the game wasn't on the regular TV here. Uh, by the time I got pop up and grandma settled on the other side of the house, they were like, this stinks. They were mother and they were yelling at the screen. Like, Oh, we don't need to watch this anymore. Started to settle into the Philadelphia game. I don't know. But in Pittsburgh, we're talking about, you know, firing Canada and all that other stuff. Again, it's all coming well, out. Like, only because Tomlin season, you don't do that. Uh, you can, but Tomlin, the reason why people are thinking that they might is because there was those, all that rumor in the off season about Matt Canada's job. And then Mike Tomlin said, we're making changes. Now he didn't say what, but in his post game press conference, he said, we are going to make changes. Changes will be made. So everyone's going, okay. So what does that mean? The only change that fans want is Matt Canada no longer calling plays. <laughs> but you can't block. I don't know. At the left side of the line just cannot block. Like they have um was on with Blewett yesterday and, and Ranieri did it uh sports grid. Blewett said on PFF, Pro Football Focus, mm-hmm. the Steelers have the worst rated offensive tackles and guards. They are last in the league. In both. In both. Mm. And I said, you know, because he was like, you know, are you bummed out? I'm like, no, they can't block. It doesn't matter. You know, uh, damn, I have a line written down downstairs because Jessica was watching the game for a little bit. And she's like, there's no game if there's no line or something like that. Like you can't, if you don't have an offensive line, there's no game. And I was like, I got to say that on the show tomorrow. I think I, something like that. But she was right. Yeah, she's so, right. It's bad in Pittsburgh. It's bad in New England. It's it's not it's not good. Who's going to have more not, wins? It's a great question. We'll do that later in the week. Yeah. Look at the schedule. Bills dismantled the Dolphins. Buffalo best team in the league. Oh, Allen's what is Allen the MVP favorite now? Should be. He is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're the best team in the league. They're arguably the best team in the AFC today. But it's September. Well, now it's October. Everything is balmy, perfect football weather. They got to play that way when it ain't like that. We I saw that agree. last year. No, it's true because the the Chiefs and Mahomes even said it last night after their win. They're starting to figure it out, and that's a little bit scary from a Patriot fan perspective because what we all know is that September and October mean really nothing. It's November, December. Patriot fans always were like Armageddon. Oh my God, sky's falling. They have one or two losses. They go two and two or three and two to start the start the year. And they wind up with 11, 12, 13 wins. So yeah, the Bills can be the best team right now. And the Patriots always were comfortable with giving other teams that mantra. Go ahead, that mantle. Go ahead. You can have it. That's fine. You be the best team in September. We'll be the best team in February. Right. So I'm with you. The Bills do it. The, the Bills are right now, in my mind, the best team in the league, but it means absolutely they're not, nothing. They're not better than San Francisco for me. San Francisco is the best team in the league. Right now, the injuries for San Francisco, I put the Bills ahead of them. Debo, if Debo comes back fully healthy, Ayuk's fully healthy, I'll give it to you. Yeah, Niners are better. But the Niners aren't better with without them being at full strength. The Niners, I'm telling, I just what they're doing is so impressive because if they they gotta keep they gotta keep him healthy. 
They Who's him? CMC Run CMC or or, yeah. or, or, Bur- or Purdy? Purdy don't feel like he gets touched. He doesn't. They got an offensive line. They got a defensive line. They're physical. They got weapons all over. Everybody's involved. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's an ego involved in that whole team. You know, there's egos going on in certain cities. We saw some sound bites after games, like receivers are getting mad. They're not getting the ball and they're losing and it's starting to bust stuff, stuff inside. Nothing is knock on wood for San Francisco and their fans. <clears throat> Jamar Chase's tweet after the uh, statement after the game is oh. was my, was my favorite one. <laughs> Are I you might open? use that every day and find a way to get that on my feed and just answer a question. I'm open. I'm always <laughs> fucking <sorry>. open. <laughs> I'm always fucking open. Oh, sorry about my profanity. That was, yeah. It was so raw. It was so yeah. great. My like, open. I'm always fucking open. I, yeah. I, I like the receiver ego is so great. I love the receiver ego. Yeah. It's just, it's, <laughs> it can't be held in check sometimes. Like he's trying to be all nice and proper. And then somebody asks him, well, uh, are you getting open <laughs> thing? Like, okay, no more. Here's the real ego coming out. It was, it was phenomenal, but yeah. So Buffalo winning a game and scoring 40 something points. I mean, that game was trading scores early back and forth. I mean, it was score, 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 score. And it was like, wow, this thing's, you know, the in-game total was 78 and a half. I was like, wow, got to keep an eye on this. And of course, locally, we don't have that game. So that wasn't the local game because Papap saw that score and he was like, where's the Miami game? I'll watch that because he was watching paint dry with the Eagles and the Redskins. I mean, the Eagles and the Commanders. That was a good game. Turned into a good game. It didn't start out as a good game. Right. And he was like, oh, well, you know, he checked his phone. He's like, 14 14. Let's go. Can I put that game on? No, you got to get the YouTube thing. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> yeah, you you want, I, we can buy it right now. I'll split it with you. No, the hell with that. I want to watch it right now. Oh, okay. So I don't know. My takeaway was that Buffalo's back. Yes. Now. Yes. Mm. That's a big injury. Uh, what's the safety's name? Tate. Uh, or the cornerback, huge. The Bills? Yeah, arguably the best player on their de- on their defense. Poyer? No. Uh, somebody put it in the chat. Non-contact. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Poyer got hurt. Non-contact injury. He was just backing up. He was backpedaling. Uh, like he grabbed yeah, his knee. Jordan. It was like, oh, that uh, was it. Done. So that's that's huge. That's going to yeah. hurt them. Tredavious White got hurt too. Corey That's got hurt. Tredavious yeah. White. Tredavious White. Yeah, Tredavious okay. White. That's what it was. Again, he can't stay healthy. They, they've played without him for almost two years now. He just can't stay healthy. Well, that's a bummer for him. His his games played have been, I mean, way down compared to what what they thought they were going to get out of him. Oh, that was the that was the good knee. Yeah. Is so Tredavious one? White got hurt in 2011. Only played 11 games. Only played six games in 2022. Played four games so far this year. Yeah, so Josh Allen, my my heart breaks seeing Tredavious White get injured. Yeah, he's look like he's done for the year. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. That, yeah, that is costly for them. That really is costly. But again, they played a ton the last three seasons. They've played a ton without him. Right. So they, they have been able to overcome that injuries. Put it in the chat. Who you like? Uh, who's the best team in the league right now? Put your, you know, it doesn't have to be San Francisco or Buffalo, but I think if I had to say San Francisco is in the NFC as of today, Buffalo and KC will probably get votes, but um, mm. there's two teams here that won't get votes. I can tell you that. No. 
Bears Broncos. Uh, we'll touch on this very quickly, but how bad is it for the Bears? I couldn't stop watching this game. I was watching this game. Bears got up 28 to 7. I'm like, wow. All right, finally, they're going to win a game. And they look, I mean, uh, fields look great. Four mm-hmm. touchdown passes was fine. You know, wasn't getting hit a lot. Denver's defenses, I have no idea what they're doing. They <laughs> score. Well, no, uh, you could tell they were frustrated. Yeah. And then they were like, all right, don't let them score again. So Denver scored, got a stop, got another score. Then Fields got hit, fumbled the ball, scoop and scores 28 28. And I'm like, oh, can't believe this. And <laughs> Jess was like, uh, wow. You know, because we had the Jedi texting us and, and and the boys were like, oh, man, can't believe that people picked Denver, you know, when they were down 28 to 7. Okay. Come all the way back. The Bears get the second ball. time. The second right. time Survivor has happened. Giants, Arizona, and now the Broncos and the Bears are people who were <laughs> counting it over Wanted before it was it. over. Yeah, and they came back. But the Bears went down and got the ball to the 21-yard line of Denver with 2.20 to go. Fourth down and one. Call timeout after trying to get him to jump. Come back to the sideline. They come back out in an offensive formation. And you're like, I'm watching the game. Well, what are they doing? I thought they were just going to kick a field goal. Nope. They run a shotgun pitch play like, get stopped. Denver goes down and escapes with a win. It's only good though because then Denver's favored against the Jets. That line should be pick them. Mm. How could Denver be favored in a game at home? Mm. I don't know. Is it time to sit Joe Burrow down? There are the the currently, according to Pro Football Focus stats, the worst offense in the NFL currently is being run in Cincinnati. Wow. Saying yeah. that saying saying that this morning. Worst. Team is one. You guys are five. Patriots are three. The team that's the worst in the league, 30 seconds, expected points per play, Bengals. Oh, my. They're not doing – I mean, they are – Titans did whatever they wanted to yesterday. Ran the ball, threw the ball. Yeah. It, it was – talk about tired defenses. The Bengals defense got tired yesterday. Yeah, that's not an that's not an easy uh it's not an easy task to go to Tennessee and play. After a loss, they're angry. I don't know. Is it Vrabel can coach? Them? I mean, who's the I, backup? I, I would Whitfield. love to see Mike. I would like to see I would love to see Mike Vrabel replace Belichick. I would love to see him be the heir apparent. He can really coach. He's really good. Is that even an option? Why would he do that? Why do you do that? Go back home. He's got a tremendous legacy in Tennessee. Can you win a championship in Tennessee? Hell yeah. Okay, do it. He hasn't done it. Got quarterback questions. That's that's the one missing piece. Go home. He's been able to do it pretty well without one. Robert's going to write a check. Go get his boy. Bring Mike home. I don't know. Vrabel's he's a home dog. I mean, they're Tennessee's a dog to Indianapolis this week. Books at don't Indianapolis. What 
what what's going on? What are, <laughs> what, are, what are you guys doing? Make the numbers. Richardson looks pretty good. Colts down twenty nothing. They were getting they smoked, back. and they came all the way back, and they should have. They could have won the game, and then they gave up. Unfortunately, you know, they, they lose the coin flip, and right down the field, touchdown Rams, game over. Beautiful, stupid NFL rules in, in overtime. It's, I, it's one of these things, though. Now, like that was a wrap. Twenty three nothing was done mm. in the old days. Now it's the furthest thing from being done ever. Like. I, I don't feel any lead is safe watching the games. I any mean, first half leads. I would, I would agree. There is no first half lead that's safe. There's there's second half leads that are safe, but first half leads, I would agree. I, I don't know. I, I would, if it was me, man, I'd be saying, listen, we got to score 45 every game. I want six touchdowns or a combination of five touchdowns and two or three field goals. That's my number every game. We're not milking anything. You guys aren't coming out. We're not nursing a lead. We're going to keep scoring. And I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't know if you, I mean, is it time to sit Burrow? Since yes. he goes to Arizona this week. Sit him down. Get him healthy. Let him play the second half of the year. Sit him down for a month. They're three-point favorites at Arizona. Yep. Uh, you're not going anywhere. Like this. this and might, Burrow, it's going to get hurt. Tennessee knew where he was because he was a statue. And they right. did what I thought was going to happen the week before, in which you know he can't move. They were just waiting and waiting and waiting. Well, the Titans knew he was going to play. There was no questions. Okay, Burrow's playing. He can't move. Get after him. Right. And they literally blitzed the hell out of him all game long. He got buried a couple of times. Bad. I'd I'd sit him CBW down. CBW said Houston's lead was safe. You're right. Houston's lead was safe. So was so was the Cowboys. That's true. Yeah, Cowboys and the Cowboys was. lead was safe. Yeah, that that was true. Chargers Char- lead almost wasn't. Was not Chargers. Chargers lead was not. They went up seventeen nothing and they almost blew it to the Raiders. They they covered still, but woof. What is their problem? Chargers. Brandon Staley is their problem. There is just something that just doesn't. Between the stadium, the uniforms, the the way they play, Herbert makes plays. He gets hit. He keeps getting getting up and coming back. The defense looks like it's good at times. They should be better than they are. I would agree. They should be much better than they are. Their defense... Raiders were playing a rookie quarterback who in the first half looked like he never played football before. He played much better in the second half, but boy, oh boy. Uh, speaking of the Niners, run CMC for MVP, four touchdowns yesterday, and they went over the Cardinals. Hard to argue, no. Given the way that Tua played against the Bills, I would say McCaffrey should be your front runner at the moment. It's not a quarterback. Josh Allen is his... Let's see. I think Josh Allen is the favorite. Right. And then McCaffrey, too. Oh, let's click refresh here and see, sir. Um, Because a lot of people do like to bet this stuff. I didn't really realize that Mm -hmm. how much people really do like to bet this stuff. Because you can take different positions up the entire year with pretty good plus prices. 
Huh. It's not up right now. Why is that? Game tonight. It's not up at FanDuel. Doesn't make sense. Oh, here it is. NFL regular season MVP. Wow. Huh. Josh Allen plus 350. Tua. Tug of Alea. 5-1. Patrick Mahomes, 5-1. Jalen Hurts, 8-1. Wow. Lamar Jackson, 12-1. He had a hell of a game yesterday. Justin Herbert, 16-1. Brock Purdy, 16-1. Wait, McCaffrey's behind his quarterback? Trevor Lawrence, 20. And then Christian McCaffrey, 25. Yeah, I'd bet, I'd bet that. At 25 to 1 right now, McCaffrey is a good investment. Doesn't stay healthy, P. Rowe. True, but if he does. Right. I mean, he had four touchdowns yesterday. He was unstoppable. When Debo's out, he's unbelievable. Right. So, I wow, that's... Hello. Uh, okay, to college football we go. Number one, Georgia nearly loses at Auburn. They their grip here is starting to is starting to 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 slide here a little bit. Who's the best team in the country? Michigan, uh, Texas, Georgia. We had this debate on Saturday night after the fight. Everybody in my house was sleeping. You were up, and when I called and we started talking, we basically did about a 30-minute show on that <laughs> subject in itself. Yeah. Give you guys a look behind what goes <laughs> on. Right. You were making a case for Texas. I am mm-hmm. not buying Michigan's schedule up at this point. It's not their fault, but they are dominating teams that they should be dominating. Yeah, but they normally don't, though. I mean, the, the the thing with Penn State and Michigan, they're both the same to me. Teams that they're supposed to dominate, they sometimes play with their food. They don't do what they're supposed to do. And this year, they're both just blasting the alumni. They're both five. You know, Michigan's not covering. Penn State is. Penn State's five and no ATS. Michigan's not. Yeah. But they're they're taking care of business, and there's not that, oh, my God, did you see that Michigan score? We haven't really had that except for the 10-10 score against Northwestern on Saturday for Penn State. Well, they fixed that in the second half. Thank goodness. Yeah, I mean, and then Michigan goes to Nebraska, and I if if somebody's in Nebraska, I, tell I, the I did, story about okay, the balloons, please. You have to do this for me, if you guys, because I was on I was on Sports Grid yesterday, and if you're in Nebraska, you're I need a picture. Saturday. Sorry, Saturday. Thank you, Saturday. I need a picture. The tradition for Nebraska is. They don't let go of these red balloons that they sell oftentimes for charity in and around the stadium until the Huskers score. They score a touchdown. Everyone, let's go of the balloons. It's like the most wholesome Andy Griffith, like ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life covering sports. I was like, what? So you buy them I? outside the stadium. Yes, and bring them in. Bring them I think in. Sold, I think they're sold inside too. I mean, oh, this is a, okay. this is not like a this is a well decade-long tradition for okay. Husker football. Okay. Okay. So you buy the balloons. You so I, I take the kids and yep. Jess and the girls each get a balloon. So we're holding four balloons yep. before kickoff. And then Nebraska scores a touchdown. And then you let go of the balloon. There's always this debate as to whether you let it go at a field goal or a touchdown. Some let oh. it go at a field goal. Some let it go for a touchdown. Okay. It was 35 nothing in the fourth quarter. 
they scored a touchdown at the end of the game. But I want to know how many people actually hung onto their balloons for four <laughs> fucking quarters while they're just holding onto it, <laughs> sitting in the stands, watching the Huskers get their asses whipped, <laughs> beat red whipped by Michigan. And then they score a touchdown and they're like, yay. <laughs> and they let it go. Like I need the, cause when you're on the press box, we always see the horizon full of balloons. Like, you know, Nebraska scores. So there's like 2000 balloons that are all floating because helium rises up to a certain level. And then it stops because the, when, when the oxygen is no longer light, when the air in the balloon is no longer lighter than the air outside, that's why it doesn't, that's why it rises. So you, you get like this, this flat layer where you see all the balloons and they just kind of, the wind takes them and they all blow them away. <laughs> I want a picture of that in the fourth quarter. Like how many people actually had their balloons left when it was 35, nothing Michigan and Nebraska scored. I can't imagine like being with the kids at the game going, wait, no, hold the balloons. Daddy, it's halftime. <laughs> well, I'll hold the balloons. Everybody go to the bathroom. I'll come back. I bet nobody had them. I bet there was like no balloons because it, it's almost like an insult now. Like I'm not holding onto this balloon. I'm not letting it go. Screw you, Matt Rule. <laughs> we, were, we were so happy for Matt Rule. I can't even score a damn putt. You can't even get a field goal for four quarters. Oh, man, that stinks. Whipped by Michigan. <laughs> hold the balloons. It's a fourth quarter, Daddy. Can I let the balloon go? No. No. They got to score on a touchdown. To I, the last time I remember that that's was great. I was covering Nebraska at the end of the Bill Callahan era. And I was doing a post game show called the big red reaction show. And that was like one of the main calls. Like people were pissed off that they had to hang on. Like, we couldn't even get rid of our damn balloons. The kids were holding on to them. Like people were so pissed off. And that was back in like 2006. So now after all the, all the, you know, the rule crazy hype that he had coming in. Yeah. Losing on the roads, one thing, but losing at home, the blue hairs do not take kindly to leaving harvest because it's harvest time right now Whoa. out in Nebraska. Whoa. You, le- you leave the fields to go to a football game. You, ki- you put yourself behind work oh, because God. you go to a game supposed to be out there 24 seven in the combines, you know, harvesting all your crops, you go to a football game and they can't even score a point till the fourth quarter. <laughs> Big mad. Do you ever, do you ever, Inhale helium to talk funny. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That was always a big hit when we were kids here. So, you know, we got a I've helium. Also, I've also inhaled other things out of, out of balloons. Well, that- I'm not asking you to come clean on this show or anything. I'm just asking about I, it's, it's fine. You know, it's, it's, it's helium balloons are one thing that's sure. And there's other balloons as well that can um, make your head feel a different way. Makes music sound a certain way too, you know. Just, just saying. Red River is this weekend. Yes. Texas OU undefeated. Yes. Circa opened at five sixty-two. Yes. Moved to the favorite and the into the under, which I don't get the under move at all. I need someone to come on the show this week and tell me how, other than Texas winning like they won last year, which was forty-nine nothing. How are we staying under 50, 60 or how are we staying under sixty points in this game? Because Oklahoma has a quarterback who can score, and I don't think OU's defense is going to touch stopping Texas. You watched. Uh, you said you were watching some of the Oklahoma. Watched them all of um, I was taking. Yep. Yeah, when you told me that, I was like, "Oh, okay." I thought that I thought the number would definitely be higher. Iowa State moved the football, big gashing runs. Right. I mean, they moved the ball. And that's a freshman quarterback making his first road start in the Big 12. First start to Norman. 
threw a pick six in his first series. And that put them behind the eight ball, but they were moving the ball consistently. And I'm like, Quinn, yours is going to rip this defense apart next weekend. Do you think Oklahoma is going to be able to score on Texas's defense? No, I don't. I think this is a route. Well, that's okay. So then that's why it's an under. Yeah, I think Texas is going to kill them. I mean, I I I think it's a fifteen to twenty number point. six and a half today. By the way, okay, I got to bet it today. Then, damn it, okay. I, uh, I want I want it's six six any, in any town. Six? You you can still get two sixes in town, and then six and a half everywhere else. I want the overtime number in case I need it. So I, I want six. Um, on you know that for you for those of you who are betting college football, you got to remember the overtime rules. The overtime rules are basically you're forced to go for two after the first overtime. So that makes six a really key number in college football mm. more than more than the NFL. Six is a really key number. Yeah, don't don't six and a half. The difference, in my opinion now, I think there's a big difference between six and six and a half. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it means a little bit more in college. I don't know how if it's a key number. I'm not ready to say that, but okay. it's. um it's better than laying seven. Sure. You know, this is going to seven. Right. It may, cross, is, it may cross seven. Is, is, I don't know about that, but I think, I think you, I, I can't wait to see what the ceiling is. What's the friction point where you get OU money coming back? Because oh, the way Texas did it last year and they didn't have Quinn yours in this game last year and they've got Quinn yours this year right. and they're trying to impress the committee. Neutral field in Dallas, arch rival, both teams undefeated. I mean, this has got Sarkeesian written all over it to run the damn score up. So do they, do they, they're playing this at the Cotton Bowl? Always, yes. Dallas State Fair. Yeah. Half burnt orange, half cream, whatever. Cool maroon, maroon it's and such cream. a cool scene. I, was, I put in my pitch to go. She's not buying it. I said we have to go for a show. This week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a nine o'clock in the morning start. Our Always time is. Though, so. Always yeah. is. Noon kick. Always is. Yeah. Um, I just want to go see the big, the, the big, the big, what, what was that called? The big Tex. That gigantic thing that burned down. They had to rebuild it. The big thing that waves, the big Gumby looking thing that they have at the Texas State Fair. Uh, Corey McBeth just came in the chat and said they haven't had the red balloon tradition in Nebraska for a few years now. Really? They stopped doing it? That's what he just said in there. I don't know. Wow. Corey, who? Just, I believe you. I believe I you. Know. I mean, I, I I left Nebraska in 2009 and never, and I, I that was my last football game for Nebraska was 2009. They stopped doing the balloon tradition. That's what it's like. Wow. Says. Steve yeah. Peterson killed that too, huh? It's pretty good because <laughs> they weren't scoring. That's because they probably, because they weren't scoring under both of this. Always people hold the balloons between it's their legs, hold it down. It's too embarrassing. Oh, that's too bad. Wow. That's too bad. Yeah. It was really a nice, wholesome tradition. I was like, where the hell am I? That I had two times in my career where I was like, what the hell are you doing? First time when I saw the boys and girls or the young men and young women going to a Virginia football game with a, with a suit and tie, with a shirt and tie in khakis and the girls in sundresses to go to a football game. I went, what are you? What, we're going to a football game. What are you doing? And like, of course, you got to dress up for a football game. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I could not wow. figure that out. You, mean, you didn't have people dressing up for high school football games in Andover or anything like that? No. 
a, a shirt to wear a, a coat and a tie in slacks yeah, I mean, to go to a football a little, game. Some no. of the towns up there, you had some preppy places. They probably of course we did. We were the prep. I mean, we're one of the preppy towns in, in, in all of Massachusetts. Andover, you know, it's Andover. It's, it's said with preppiness, but. Oh. <laughs> but, but it's it's threw up it, in my mouth. <laughs> that's what we are. Wow. That's my t- that's my town. No, we did not wear that at all. I, you guys did in Pennsylvania. Never you dressed up. Never once. Right? What are you yeah. Talking? You go to a football right. game. Right. Go to a football game. Right. That. That's why I couldn't figure it out. And People then go the to balloon- football games in Pennsylvania, like ready to play. Like, hey, right. they may still call me from the stand. <laughs> you know? And that's right. So that's what in Nebraska. Then that in the in the balloon tradition were the two things that were like, wait, what? So we'll have a lot of time to break down Red River as we get to the week. Yeah. Uh, USC goes up big, and then Colorado came back. Did we learn more about USC or Colorado in that game? USC, because their defense sucks. <laughs> They're going to have them winning, at least getting to the national championship is a big dog in my eyes. Not like they're, they're going to have a hiccup or two, whether that somebody catches them in the Pac-12 championship. I agree. Like last year, or they're going to lose a road game where they're just not going to be able to score a little bit. And the other team is still going to score. They don't, they don't at this point, um, it works again, kind of like Buffalo. We can keep scoring, we can outscore them. But when we can't, we can't score enough to, you know, the, the other team's still going to get 30. We're in trouble because we're only going to get 28. Something like that's going to happen. Right. I don't know. That's what I thought. Right. One quick circle. I kind of just saw it. Have you seen the Eagle fans defense of the tush push? This is like a, like a personal thing for Eagles fans. What's the, the, what's that? The tush push. Well, no, I know what it is. What are they defending? I mean, it's just a because they, they I want, I know I want it banned. I want it out. I want it out. You're not getting it banned or doing it in college all over the place. I think, it's banned. I, I think it's gonna be gone. I think next year it'll be gone. I do. No I think it'll be gone. way. Okay. I think it'll be gone next year. What are they going to say? You can't do it. You can't get, you cannot push somebody from behind at the line of scrimmage. QB sneaking is fine. You, you can't throw a play where you have three guys loading up to push a quarterback forward because there's no there's no way of getting against it because I can't push the defensive player forward the same way you can push an offensive player forward. I think it's gonna be I think for safety they'll claim it's a safety reason. They're gonna they're gonna, oh. they're gonna outlaw it. Really? Yeah. No way. Nope. Yeah. I, I I think I think it's very very possible that that's what they'll do. But Eagle fans, man, they are all in on defending that more than any fan base I've ever seen in my life. Defending a rule, they are all in on that. They're taking it very personally. Uh, the Irish escaped Duke. Leonard got hurt. It looks like a high ankle sprain, so maybe it's a couple of weeks. He might be able to come back this season. That's going to be Duke huge for Duke. To, yeah, that's all that was. Well, high ankle sprains like the same thing that Saquon Barkley is dealing with. It's it's pretty significant. It's a problematic injury. Oh, that's not bad. I can't yeah. believe that that wasn't something a broken, broken or torn. Yeah. Oh. But it's a high ankle sprain is a, I mean, that's a slightly torn ligament, but yeah, it's tough, but he's a couple of weeks. I think he might be able to come back, but from an Irish perspective, after blowing the game against Ohio state, their whole year hung in the balance. And then Sam Hartman made a hell of a run for a first down play to put them into position to get to score that game winning touchdown. They covered amazingly enough. Not just winning, Irish covered. 
that's that turned into a hell of an ending um for them to do that oh he said still dead for the playoffs i can't see a way for them to get in everyone else has to just go away or lose yeah lose but them one loss against other teams one loss they're not getting in over them if georgia loses at tennessee Alabama has a loss to Texas. If Oklahoma loses, to, if, if Texas take loses to Alabama or Georgia over Notre Dame, they are. They can't get in over one loss team over them. I don't yeah. even know if they can get in over one loss Big Ten team. Not if it's Ohio State or Michigan, maybe Penn That's, State. Right? That's yeah. what I mean. Like, I, I don't know. Right now, somebody got to get two losses. Like multiple teams have to get two losses. Yeah, they're probably out of it. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right, to baseball we go. Astros win the West on the last day. Rangers lose to Seattle one nothing. What the hell happened yesterday? Tiebreaker goes to the Astros. You've got a celebration going on. I mean, Alex Bregman says, what's it like for the Astros not to win the AO West? I don't know. I, I'll never find out. <laughs> Popping champagne. <laughs> as they win another division crown. What did the Rangers do? How much might they regret this where they did not win yesterday? I was going through, I was doing all the work this morning on, on all the exactas and all the prices and all this other stuff. I have this madman rambling sheets of paper that I was writing stuff down on. Um, the odds are so drastically different than what they could have been. Like their road now, Texas's road is so much harder. It's so hard. Here I don't is, know if they I don't know if they beat Tampa. Here is your bracket. This is the final Major League Baseball bracket right now. Texas is the 5. They could have been the 2. They could have played the winner of the, the Jays and the Twins. Instead, they got to get past Tampa, Baltimore, and then most likely Houston to get to the World Series. Oh man, they're man. dead. They're dead. <laughs> they are not. Oh, they're not going through. Sorry, That's, they're not oh. going through the four, the one, and the two to get themselves in. They could have had a chance to take on the Twins. And then, fine, you can go ahead and deal with whoever's on the other side, whether it be the Astros, the Rays, the Orioles. What a massive, massive, bad, bad, bad situation for the Rangers not to win yesterday. There's some gigantic prices. It's 162, right? But sometimes one of those 162 means more than others. There's some gigantic prices on their scenarios. 200 to 1. 300 to one on them over, over some teams. But I mean, the lowest Rangers price now is like, I think it's 75 or 80 to one over the Braves, which it, you know, the Astros is 12, right? Astros over the Braves is like 12 to one or 15 to one. That's how much of a difference. Not that I'm saying that the Rangers prices would have been the Astros prices, but the Rangers, Five-game series is the start, not the second series. And they mm-hmm. get winner of Twins and Blue Jays 
after they burn through the one, two, or maybe three starters. It's a really good position to be in. It's a bummer for them. Well, to give you an example, here are the series prices. Best of three, remember. Okay. Yeah. Best of three series. Rays are minus 170 against the Rangers. All the games are at the at the team. One too. site. Yeah, one site. No travel. Which is awesome. For the home team. <laughs> no, I think it's fair. It, it is. Gives you, it gives well, yeah, it gives you the incentive to, you know, play that last game to get yeah, that they home had, field. They could have the best of five. In Texas, instead, they gotta go to the trop to play three games. And then if they lose that, they don't they don't go home. They just pack up and go to Baltimore to start the next series. If they win, you mean? I mean, if they win, yeah. Yes. Pack up and go home. They lose, they go home. Yeah. Right. Then they go to Baltimore. You play three games on the road, potentially in Tampa, and then a five series, best, you know, two games in Baltimore before you go back home. It's a two, two, one in the next round, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, to just to be a one or the, we're going to see it for the first time this year, but the one and the two seeds, I think next year teams will really try to get the one and the two. There is a massive difference. Well, last year it didn't help. And the five and the six won the, won the, you know, where it won the NL. Padres, Phillies were five and six. That's why those prices that I had on mm. them were so big. You know, the Braves and Dodgers were one and two last year, it didn't help them. Yankees were the two seed last year. Didn't help them. It's you know, yeah. The team that it that it is really in a good spot is those Central Division. Both are the three seed again. Milwaukee has to find a way. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Rays. I think the Rays beat the Rangers, but it's going three. I don't think it's just, just this is just so why don't, games so, so just done. wait to wait wait to bet game three, right? Is this the price of game three? 170? Mm, no, I don't think I gotta go. I, I don't have the pitching matchups done yet. Um who each guy's who each team's throwing. It's like Gallon's going game two for Arizona. Mm-hmm. You gotta really like him in that spot. So that feels like that series is going three. So that one you could wait, you know, but this one here, I, I, again, the Rangers bullpen has been a problem. The Rangers bullpen is going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. The short series, they maybe can't get by, but they go to Baltimore. I take it most. Should the Jays be dogs to the twins? So a tremendous, Tremendous breakdown this morning uh, of the Twins bullpen. It's really good. The Jays swing and miss at a lot of pitches. This, yes. Okay. Yes. Because I initially thought, no. I thought, wow, there's no way with the uh, lineup. And then uh, have they named the starters yet for game one? I haven't seen if they have. I'm going to click refresh. Right Should be here. sometime today. Oh, no. Toronto, it's Gossman and Lopez. It's a pick em game. It's a pick em game. So, why is the series what it is? Well, because it's only going to get. Um, oh, because I think the books are telling you that the Twins are going to win game one. That's what that's telling me right there. That 124. Series price is telling me the Twins are going to win game one. They're already shading it. 
So, I mean, Minnesota's pitching is definitely better. Uh, Mr. C just came in. Thank you, sir. He just he, he thinks so too. Um, hmm. Cheshire Cat is in the chat, by the way. Do you know Hi. this person? Hi. She's she's a woman from Worcester. Worcester. What's up? I do not know. I do not know anyone by that nickname. She spelled it like it's pronounced Worcester. Worcester. Yeah. S T A. Yeah. Worcester. That's that's phon- phonetically perfect. <laughs> That's great. I actually sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Marlins. Now, Marlins got the wild card spot. Marlins on the road this year were 38 and 42. The Phillies at home were 49 and 32. I understand why the Phillies are the favorite. They're the biggest favorite on the board in the first round. This is absurd. This feels wrong. No. Ah, uh, the Phillies lineup. Uh, Schwarber, lefty. Harper, lefty. Bryson, start lefty. Uh-huh. The Marlins are going Lazardo today. And wow. um, the other lefty probably tomorrow. Perez tomorrow? I, I can't believe this price. This is extra. Right? Okay. I'm glad. Okay. I, this, I saw this, it and I was this, like, this, I was like this, wait, 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 wait. What are we talking about here? I was like, this is they, they know each other. They're division rivals. I, they play at Philadelphia all the time. This is not going to be new to them. The Marlins aren't going to be like, oh my gosh, it's the it's the bank. No one cares. It's Philadelphia. But division rivals, too. Like they've all seen each other yes, multiple times this season. What's the season series? Does anyone know? Put the season series between these two teams. I don't know what it is. Mm, I don't but I think the more it's just probably close of the 13, it's probably seven, six, or eight, five. There's uh, no seven, seven, six. Miami won at seven, six. Four of those games were one run games. That's what this is going to be, isn't it? This oh, is going to be mean, one run games. And then bet the Marlins because the Marlins are the best team in baseball in one run games. Uh, well, 508 Pacific. So that's the night game. Seven and a half is the total. Wow, seven and a half is the total in every game on Tuesday. Wow. Okay. Huh. So every series plays today, every series plays Wednesday, and every series would then play Thursday. So for the record, the Miami Marlins were 33 and 14 this year in one run games. That's stupid. That doesn't even make sense. Nobody in baseball had even 32. Oh, sorry. No, I'm wrong. Reds, 34. They were number two. Okay, but they're out. But the Reds, but from a playoff perspective, no one else has anywhere close to this in the playoffs. 30 wins by for Baltimore, 22 for Tampa, 19. They were under 500, 19 and 27. The Twins, under 500, 20 and 21. Astros, damn, the Rangers were 14 and 22 this year in one-run games. Phillies, we're 29 24. Braves 23 and 18. Brewers 29 and 18. Dodgers were 16 and 15. D backs 21 and 21. 33 and 14. Miami Marlins. If it's a one run game series, I like Miami's chances. Is that uh is that the most 49 one run games of the 162? Uh, let's see. Number of games Cincinnati. Played. No, since he was 34 and 29. 
So that's Jeez. 63. That's, wow. It's ridiculous. <laughs> that was three one run games. That's the most in baseball. 46 for the blue for the Orioles, 30 and 16. Guardians were 27 and 31, 58. Yeah, I don't know. I I saw this price. I was a little bit surprised, but I, again, so they go Wheeler, Nola, and then my goodness, I don't know who the Phillies' third starter will be. Not I don't think they the know who yet. Sanchez probably. Okay, you're gonna have a series on the line. You got a minus two hundred. I Yikes. mean, Sanchez at home, he's much better than on the road. So I throw, I would it's throw fine, him. But man, oh man, that's it's just. I agree. It's all hands on deck, though. I mean, basically, you know, whoever else see quick hook, he doesn't have it. You pull him. And then the last game is D-backs Brewers. I'm okay with this price. It's expensive, but I don't know what happened just now. But it's minus two twenty everywhere. Good. The what's, the, what, what's the buyback on the on the D-backs? Plus one eighty five or plus nice. one ninety, depending where you Let's shop. Go! I'm glad I haven't <laughs> bet that yet. That's tremendous. I bet well, that's- I, I was I was telling people on the juice for one fifty four. I was just going to bet it today because I got to go to Fanduel. I got to go in person to bet it. Now it's one ninety. That's great. Big move on the Brewers. Is that that's it? Uh, Suncoast? Is that where you go to do it? No. Boy, yes, Boyd. Yeah. Huh? Oh, okay. I'm going to go up there. I was going to after the show at the kiosk. Mm-hmm. Fan, Fanduel prices, Fanduel prices are all at Boyd oh. on the kiosk. On the kiosk. All right, very good. Mm-hmm. So now I can get plus one ninety. That's great because I got to come back on my other side because I have that twenty one to one ticket. Right on the Brewers. So just one unit down on that, and it's a guarantee now. You know, yeah, it's my, Burns. It's Burns and Puffat. You know, I, can't, I, I don't know how to say his name. I don't know either, but I just say it <laughs> so it's pronounced so you guys know, but I know I'm saying it wrong. But, you know, yeah. if he wants to reach out and you know let me know on the show, I'll be glad to. I'll have to talk to somebody from MLB, maybe get the official pronunciations. This, that move there, mm. watching it, watching the lines all change at the same time as somebody is saying the Brewers are winning game one. So oh. that's, they win game one. Series price doesn't double, but it goes up a lot. Would you recommend? I mean, would you? Is that the better play to not bet the series until after game one? If you if you want the Diamondbacks, well, yeah, because yeah, because I'm trying I'm trying yeah. to go out, work off of the Brewers ticket. So wait till yeah. after game one. Well, if you, you, the only risk you're taking with that is if. D-backs win game, backs win game win. Win. right? So I'd rather now not. You're getting a really yeah. cut price. Price, yeah. I'd rather not wear, and I'd rather not risk it. I'd rather just do what I was doing. This the one. It's pronounced fought. I fought. love this chat. Thank you. you guys are the <laughs> fucking best. Thank you very much, Santana. Okay. Thank you, Cheshire, To tonight. Sorry for my language. Seahawks laying two. Giants are at home. Total is forty-seven. And all the Seattle. I told you I'm wearing a Mariner stuff to try. This to is favored and over, is it not? I don't know. It's over. I feel like it's an over game. Agreed. Um, I don't want nothing to do with this game. Giants are giving up 32.7 points per game. They're so bad. 32.7 points a game. And, it's insane. And um, and they didn't even have a 70 burger put up on them. Right? Yep. 
29 um, points a game for the offense for Seattle. They're two and one ATS giants are zero and three on the year ATS. You know, last night the jets played well, it's same, same building. A loss is coming maybe by three, but Danny dimes is one and 11 in prime time. It's two and a half now. Okay. I got one and a half last night. Yeah, it's two and a half everywhere. It's the right move. It's Seattle's 46 right 46 and a half. Oh, it's coming down. Surprising. Oh, opener was 45. Oh, it's, it was 47 last night. Wow. It was 45 to open. Went all the way up to 47. 48 in a couple places. Holy crap. They're playing with the total today. Wow. 46 and a half is pretty much painted number. Okay. Interesting. Tonight. Wow. Huh. So I like yeah, favorite, I mean, favorite and over. Forced, it's, 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 oh, I, I like, I like over. <laughs> Crunchy says over on a primetime game. Dave, turn in your bookie card. Probably. I, last night went over. Last night went over. Tonight's going. Look, the Giants' defense is horrendous. Who's stopping who here? Yeah, CL's defense is not that good. Yeah, no. This is this is an offensive game coming up here tonight. I don't like either 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 team defensively tonight for for that. Right. All right. I'm wearing the Celtics stuff for a reason. Celtics are officially going for it. Oh God. Massive trade. Go. They went out and got Drew Holiday from Portland. Please. In case you missed the trade package in which Boston went and acquired, here is the trade package in its entirety. This is from The Athletic. They do not like the trade. Celtics get Drew Holiday. They give up Robert Williams III, Malcolm Brogdon in two first-round picks, one next year and one in 2029. Coming up here for the services of Drew Holiday. Your first blush reaction to the trade, Dave, was What? Um, well, we weren't surprised that uh, Holiday got moved. Well, they were shopping him. The question was, would, was Boston going to have enough? And then we heard from different people that were connected with Boston saying that they are definitely interested in right. Drew Holiday. And Brad Stevens basically made it known yesterday at the press conference at their media day saying 100%, like they're going for it. And that's their one and only goal is to win right now. Uh, what's the people that don't like it? What's the beef that they don't have they gave a up bench too much. now? Yes, they give up too much. Giving up, they don't have a, not, not a bench. They don't have a rim protector. So they don't have a big. They need to go find a big to help them. But they've got a bunch of second round picks. And Brad Stevens said yesterday that they're not really done, that they're going to be looking for you know rim protection. They're going to go find a big guy somewhere. But they like what they've got. They have a seven foot three wing in Porzingis. They've got a lockdown, one of the best defenders in the entire NBA in Drew Holiday. I mean, their starting five is stupid. I mean, it's just absolutely stupid with what Boston's going to be able to run out there. Their, their starting six is stupid. Right. Their bench might be a little bit weak, but right, right. now, boy, oh boy, is Boston good up um, from, from a top perspective. The books immediately put Boston into a direct tie with Milwaukee, top of the, top of the market. Yeah, that's the move. I mean, it's those two and everybody else. It's pretty clear. Um, Chef Benny says the Celtics front court is a 38-year-old and a guy who can't stay healthy. Who was the guy that can't stay healthy? Stay healthy. Perzingis played a bunch of games last year. He was pretty good last year. Great top six, but not after that. Can't see them staying healthy. Who was they? Tatum and Brown have stayed healthy their whole careers. 
Sebastian just came in and said Celtics are two injuries away from missing the playoffs altogether. What? See, Bass, come on. They're not missing. You can hate on it all you want, guys. That's fine. And that's a typical sports fan reaction is to hate on a super team. But this is a fucking super team. Is it? Oh, my God, yes. Drew Holiday is the the missing piece. They just got a better version of Marcus Smart. They got the dog they needed. They got a lockdown. Def- I mean, you have a guy who will defend anyone and everyone. And he is pissed off at the at the Bucks for trading him. He's motivated to go beat Milwaukee. They gave up on him and shipped him out. He's the main competition. You just got all the secrets, everything in that locker room. You got everything. This is a Belichick move. This is phenomenal to go get this guy. Hmm. Horford is more of an emotional leader than anything else. I'll give you that point. Big Al is on. Big Al is a huge weapon, in particular in the playoffs, because they see Philadelphia. Celtics aren't losing to Philly with Big Al on the court. Never happened. Never will. You've got two All-NBA players. And Porzingis is not going to be needed to play more than, what, 50 games in the regular season? Talk about the playoffs for that guy. Uh, All right. I loved, I think it's a, my, I losing Robert Williams hurts. There's no debating it, but it is an absolute must move in the wake of the Marcus smart move. This trade was an absolute must. I love Brad Stevens for doing it. This is what Boston wants. Don't worry about draft picks. Yes. Giving up a guy. I mean, Brogdon was going to be gone. Anyway, you tried trading Brogdon and he didn't, he was got thrown back because of injury. Robert Williams time Lord's phenomenal. It stinks that you lost time Lord. But he's not, it's not like it's irreplaceable. Time Lord? Yeah, that's his nickname. That's what they call him? Yeah, because he's late all the time. Oh, I thought he might have been. Is that a Star Wars character? Or they just No, it's a Marvel right. character. It's a Marvel character? Yeah. Time Lord. Mm-hmm. What is his special power? I forget. I don't need making me go into my nerd bag here. I thought you might have it right in your back pocket. That's why I asked. I don't know. Time Lord in Marvel, Time Lord, Advanced Civilization of Earth uh, by Time. He's one of the three Kriaton races. I don't They can control time. Oh, I don't know. But that's what, because he was always late. So I love that. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's what, that's what he was time. He wanted to control time, basically. It was his thing. I mean, it, the books have to move it because of the, someone may actually have bet it because they weren't the favorite. Right. Over Milwaukee. Now, co-favorites, whatever. That's fine. I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see. Like, uh, Chef Benny asked a good question, too. Do they, can they cruise to the fourth or fifth seed and then just turn it on? Yes. Oh. But they won't. But they won't. Okay. They can, but they won't. I mean, you want must-see TV. Is this when do you have the coach to, to do this? Does everything everything's fine? Missoula's fine. I'm a, I don't have a problem with Joe okay. Missoula. He's, okay. he's young and unproven, untested. I'll give you all that. But I thought he learned a lot. He's willing to say he was he learned a lot on the defensively. Okay. What happened? I mean, look, I would have fired him if they'd gotten swept by the heat. I would have fired him. But they didn't get swept. He forced the game seven. So that showed me something that showed me some moxie that showed me some buy-in that showed me some toughness. It just went down three games to none. It just never should have happened. But now you get two different pieces. 
Get your popcorn ready. Wednesday, November 22nd, Boston hosting Milwaukee on ESPN. Night before Thanksgiving. <laughs> Night before. Th- I, I might actually be home for that. I might have to go to that game. Oh, God. I might need to go to that game. Holy mother. Get your popcorn ready for that brawl. That's going to be awesome. I can't. I cannot wait for this basketball season. This, this is just so awesome. fun. Milwaukee Guys, and if Boston. You if you don't watch the show, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, please. Stay for both BVB bonus time. But this is what happened last year when we talked about the Bruins every day for nine months, and then they lost, and they all came after. I got here, P. Ralt, now the Celtics, and yeah, they got their guy, and they're a super team, and making Belichick moves, and all this other stuff. This is great. You're just fanning all the flames for all the people to be. It's the truth. The it's because everyone, oh. everyone already roots against the Celtics. Oh God. You got 17 titles. Everyone's, I mean, it's everyone's oh, rooting against Oh, them. here we go. That's 17. 17, 17. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, this is what it is. You want to talk about the original Boston superpower? When's the last time. The Boston 2008. But the, the, the last superpower, the first 2008. The first superpower thousand and late, yeah, a long time ago. I've seen four in my lifetime. I've seen four championships since I've been alive. Oh I got, God. I, I got four. How many does Philly have? One. <laughs> Not my lifetime. Oh, I guess one of my eighty-four. Yeah, one of my time. They, they, they have one. Philly has one. Okay. Not my That's recent it. memory. It's all they have. Yeah. Okay. So like the original Boston power, the original team that started the whole damn thing when Boston domination was the only team you had for a while. Well, the Bruins were, the Bruins are are, are, sporadic. That's an original six team. So I mean, the Bruins are the Bruins, but they didn't win championships though for a while. No, no, I mean, I've seen one of those. I've only seen one in my life in 2011, but, but I've seen one and I would love to see the Bruins do damage this year. I don't know how, how good Boston will be in terms of the retirements losing you know key core fundamental you know building block talent to retirement but we'll see what boston looks like going forward right with the bruins but the celtics are <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're gonna be a lot of fun this is gonna be a lot of fun these parlay is back oh oh yeah it is baby crazy. let's go season these oh. parlay is back oh, i love it absolutely it's great because you know who's not back james harden because fat boy ain't showing up to Sixers media day. Cause he wants to be traded. He's going to, this guy's going to destroy the entire year for Philadelphia. You know that, right? This is, this is awful. I can't say he's wrong. <laughs> Who Harden or me? No Harden. They told him he was getting traded. He went to China and called the GM a liar. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, wherever he went to do it. No, China know. hates him. I'm- yeah. Daryl Morey is the guy that China wants to kill because of his comments on Twitter about Taiwan. He goes to that country and calls the guy a liar. That was coordinated. That was on purpose. <laughs> Crunchy Beaver said, Boston power. Good Lord, have mercy. I'm going to go broke on Super Chats, rubbing it in Matt's face. <laughs> Good. I love what? Crunchy. Every every loss? <laughs> what? So they lose 10 games in the regular season. Oh, they're stop. They're not winning 70 games. What's no. wrong with the you? number is 55 and a half. 55 and a half is our number. It's really low. I mean, that's low. 55 is low. Like two that. teams win over that every year. Boston did it last year. They were good last year. That's, I, I don't know. What, what are we doing? That's, I, I'm, I'm completely like, wait, what? 
How are we? Why? It should be 60 or 59. Oh, God. Here we go. Making numbers again. They won 57 last year. Yeah. Milwaukee won 58. And Boston went to that weird stretch. They they were cold and, and banged up, and everybody was worried about them. Would you bet them to be the team with the most regular season wins? No. No. I you, you can bet. Um, I would not. And I don't want that mantra after the Bruins last year. I don't want that. Right. 55 plus wins. There's they were number, they were number two last year though. Bucks were one. Sellers were two. Right. And that's the way that that's the way the numbers are right now. The odds are the same way with the Suns as the third choice. Wow. I don't know. Suns won 45 games last year. Yeah. Oh. Nuggets won 53 and won it all. So is the NBA idea. more popular in the offseason? No. We'll discuss that in BBB no. about this time. No, I just I disagree with that. Uh, if you guys were live on YouTube and, t- and Twitter, do not move. You guys were on Sports Grid and SiriusXM. Thank you for being here. We'll be back tomorrow for a replay. Same place, same time. For those of you who are live, you get bonus time. Okay. That's a... What? They'd be more popular in the offseason than the regular season? No, not even close. That's not a bad, that's a valid point. No, which is it has a lot of it. There's a lot of attention to it. The best off season is NBA off season of the four sports. Yes. It used to be baseball. I used to love mm-hmm. the baseball off season. Yeah, it's not. There's no more hot stove really anymore. Not the way it used to be. It's not. Yeah. You don't see the trades and the moves and everything else um, that's gone on before. Uh, one quick sports gambling story. Caesar's rolling out fire bets, what they're calling it. I've been watching them. I, we've had them here. Fire bets? Yeah. Okay. On the app? Sure. Yeah. Do they make it? What does it look like when it comes out? What does it look like? There's a there's a icon at the top of your app that says fire bets with the flames. Okay. Then you push it, and it has all the in-game stuff, the micro-betting stuff. Like, it's almost impossible to get a bet. Okay. At least so far. Okay. I, I, I was like, what is this? I like to just explore without being told mm-hmm. when I get on Fair. an app. Right. And just because I know how what goes into putting that button there and I know what's going on in the back. So I'm like, I don't want to know that they're doing it before I see it. Like I just want to see it because I would be immediately going to the developer. Probably shouldn't have this. Why is it doing this? how am I going to get the line to show this way so they can bet it? I need them to get the bet through. It sounds like a really well, um, not a welcome thing. What's the word I'm using? It's, it's a, it's another expansion of betting. Yes. I don't think it's going to work. Okay. Uh, By the way, the, uh, the big news today, besides the trade, is that Kevin Durant just announced he's playing in the Olympics in 2024. Wow. So, yeah, Kevin Durant. When is that? 2024. No, no, no. But are they are they playing it? They're not playing it in. I mean, that won't next be summer. during the season. So no, next summer. Summer Olympics. Summer. Next summer, Paris. Okay. It's, it's not Olymp- September. No, it's in like May or June. In, okay. Oh, good. It's a summer. Well, no, it can't be during the during the playoffs. Right after it's right after the NBA finals are over. 
you, you, they would go right from the NBA finals, right to Paris to play. Huh. But Kevin Durant is committed to it. So it's, it's, it's pretty big news for team USA. Book it only got two bets for you because it's a small day. Well, we'll get more into it later, but Seattle minus one and a half against the Giants. Betting or booking it. I think they win this game. Sorry, Z. We're rooting yeah. for Z. But uh I think that I I'd say bet it. I don't care if and it's square, it's sharp, it's all that other shit. I don't care. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Giants. And then over over 47. Bet it too. Okay. Yeah, I like that as well. Uh, there are no super chats today, so we will, can go right into favorite thing about today is what? Awesome. Um, let me see. I want to read it because I got the text yesterday and I said, huh, this is my favorite thing about today, but today's Sunday. So I'm going to save this for my favorite thing about today on Monday. Mm. Uh, this is from uh, Michaela, a girl that I coached in softball that her and Kylie were like the pitchers and they played the outfield. And she's that kid that you want on your team. Just, she worked hard. She did this. She came to us. This is great. OMG. Hey y'all. We had our first two fall games today and my coach was complimenting how I played outfield and said, quote, whoever coached this kid did an amazing job. And I owe it all to you guys. She sent that to me and Coach Eric, who nice. were her coaches for six years. And, you know, I replied back, and uh, Coach Eric replied back with, I remember playing against you in rec. We hit a ball to center, and your first step was noticeable. As we worked through travel ball, your arm got stronger, your angles got better, and your brain got smarter. Not bad for an ex-cheerleader. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Like, that's the average. That's how she came to us. Like nice. she came from competitive cheerleading and her dad is a hitting coach here in town. Um, and went through a messy situation, divorce like you did. Mm-hmm. His son is going to be a freshman at Hofstra. Nice. His daughter, Michaela is at Felician in New Jersey. So they nice. live now 15 minutes apart back there. Wow. They're both still playing ball, and that's what Kylie may end up going back there. But you want to talk about, like, a random Sunday text that Bright came in. And, yeah, and all, and all my response was, like, you did the work. Thank you for being coachable. And for the text, you made my day. Love you, Mick. You know, that's what I sent her. You don't realize, as a dad, a parent, a brother, you know, a spouse, sometimes you don't think nobody's listening while you're talking and you don't know what the results are. Fair. And I mean, we ain't played together with Mick. She's starting her sophomore year and you get a text like that and you go, I'm glad I did what I did. And I'm glad that like somebody just the, the, the little bit of a oomph out of nowhere I don't know. Made me feel good. It made me realize, like, again, just another message. If you believe in what you're doing and you don't ask for nothing, if you get anything like that kind of feedback or you put someone in a position where they're able to thank you later, you're doing the right thing. Just keep showing up and doing it always forward, never straight. 
Mm, amen to that. Um, my favorite thing happened over the weekend, but it kind of carries over. It's going to carry over until the next two weeks, because it's always fun when friends do crazy things. So Dan Bach, who I don't think we've had Bach on the show before, have we? I don't we think Bach's been on, not. I don't think Bach's been on BBB, but I did a doing, show with Bach for six did. months. I worked with Bach for four years. Right. <laughs> uh, he was Dan was the midday show at WUMP, the Ump in Huntsville. I was the morning show. Dan went to college or the same college, I should say, as Doug Franz, who now is in Arizona. Doug was the afternoon drive show. Dan and I, I don't know how we, we both were similar age. Very awkward place to live for us as being he was from Ohio. I was from Boston. So we hung out a lot, a lot of fun things together. And he sent me a text on Saturday night and he said, do you have tickets to go see you two at the Sphere yet? And I said, no, I'm hoping to get it on the secondary market at some point after the first couple of weeks, after the first wave dies down, the secondary ticket market is ridiculous right now to go to it. And he goes, don't worry about it. I got you. Like, what do you mean you got me? Like I got, I have a ticket for you. So I'll be in town for G2E. You can come with, I, I got a ticket for you. Cause I, I know how much U2 means to you. I got you. I was like, that's crazy. One that you remember that because Octum baby, the album that U2 is playing at the sphere start to finish is the most influential album of my life. Like I still listen to this probably once a month. I listen to the album and it means like the world to me. And I never shut up about you two talking about you two. And that stuck in Dan's head. And so Dan was like, I got you. So you never know one phone call, one text message, random life altering things. And I cannot wait to see the sphere. I cannot wait to take videos and pictures and tweet the hell out of it because one, it's one of my favorite bands of all time, but the sphere on the inside is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> the videos that have come out of it. It might be the best music venue ever built in mankind history. This is what people are saying. Yeah. We had um, a couple friends of the show. Um, the guy that runs the at 1992 pirates um, Twitter. Yeah. He flew in Friday morning, went to the show Friday night and flew out Saturday morning from Pittsburgh. That's like people are doing that for this show. Yep. And then um, Sarah, who produces that show in Washington, D.C., yep. did the same thing. She flew in Saturday, went to the show, and I got a text like she was barely awake. She's like, hey, what are you going to any books today for the early games? And I was like, I wasn't planning on it. Why? She's like, oh, I'm in town. I said, oh. She goes, I just, you know, want to meet you if you, right. if you get a chance. I'm like, all right, well, give me a couple hours. She goes, I'm on a plane at two o'clock. So what do you mean? She goes, I came in just for that U2 show at the Sphere. Washington, D.C., Pittsburgh for less. They were, she was here for 28 hours. He was here for 26. Dang. Just worth see it. the show. It's worth it. I mean, it's so look it, for people of, of my age, of, of our age in these, in these, where we are. I mean, you two, some people have very strong feelings about you two and they hate you two. And that's, I, I, I totally understand it to me, but being a, a Boston Irishman, small amount of Irish, 5%, but I'm Irish, <laughs> man, that, I mean, that was the band that my uncle got me into. I mean, I can't tell you how many nights I sat there. My uncle who's a teacher in bought in, in, in at Berkeley in in San Francisco, biggest influence of my life. The reason why I pursued radio, the reason why I was willing to leave 
and go on my own was because of my uncle and basically the things that he was my pseudo dad, even though he wasn't that much older than me, but the idea of chasing my dreams and going after passion and, and not thinking and worrying about what someone would say about you going and doing something unusual and listening to the voice in your head, listening to that thing that says, this is what you're supposed to do, do it, regardless of the difficulties placed in front of you, whether it be geography, money, life, whatever it might be. And I went through all of those things by going to Virginia, Alabama, and so on. You two was always the constant. And my uncle and I have never seen you two together. And it's, I'm going to go to this show and I'm going to figure out a way to go see you two again, go see the show twice. I'm obviously taking Dan up on the offer because it's going to be unbelievable. But I also want to see it again at some point and have my uncle come over from California and go to see you two together because I've never seen you two with him. So there you go. Very, very cool. Very cool stuff. And I just want to say thank you publicly to Bach because that was that made my weekend. <laughs> I was like, I was like, are you kidding me? You came over on Saturday. You were like a little kid. You're like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I, uh, I'm like, when's the show? It's it a couple it's weeks. Two weeks. You were, you so literally happy. were talking so fast that I thought <laughs> you might have been impaired. Like I was like, uh, and I was so excited. I was still so excited. I'm still so excited about it. I, I, I cannot wait to go in there. After you left. She's like, you know, Jess said he really likes you too. I'm like, did you see him? <laughs> like, he's good. Oh, yeah. He's oh, talking yeah. like a little kid. So it was funny. Oh. I got to read this crunchy beaver, um, this super chat. He just oh. dropped. A, he just dropped a twenty in there. Okay. It's his. Let's let the beaver out of the bag. Oh, I'm a Cowboys fan and an Oregon State Beavers fan. There we go. I take pride in knowing that my cowgirl playoff chokers. chokers handled the hoodie, handed the hoodie his ass. Fair. Yesterday. Don't worry, I'll be crying Sunday night. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. I want to look ahead stuff, but yeah, Dallas did. I mean, Dallas goes to San Francisco this week. <laughs> no, Crunchy, I'll take this. You two, after Rattle and Hum is overrated, just like the Patriots after Brady left. I, I will, I will, you and I one day will sit down, Crunchy, and I'm going to explain to you the fundamental musical principle that Brian Eno, when he, when he, when they sat down to do Octum Baby, as to how big of a musical and philosophical switch that was. In modern music, I hated Octum Baby the first time I heard of it. I hated it for almost a year. I called it the worst album. I was furious with it until I grew up and I got it. Started listening to it and I understood what it was and the switch, the change in what they were doing. Octum Baby today could come out today and be a top 10 album. That's how good that album is. It has the best lasting musical staying power of any album you two has created it's also their best album that they ever created and that's with joshua tree that's with rattle and hum which was a live album by the way not recorded it was not a recorded studio album that's a live album but i mean boy you go through all of it joshua tree you know unbeatable fire all the albums i love you two okay not a huge fan of pop it was okay but pop was eh. that album you're dead wrong octane baby is maybe the best album ever created and I know people get very, they get very much like they hear that and they go, what? It's in the conversation. If you go back to 1992, I believe, right? When it came out and how it's still today, people still listen to it, still can listen to it. And it does not sound 
anything of an outdated type of record compared to what the, I mean, the killers listen to a killer album and listen to Octon baby. It's like, it's very similar <laughs> in sound. It's, 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 un- it's incredible to me how well that album has lasted. What? 30 years, 30 years ago. Stupid. I'll have to give it another run. Oh, it's so good. Iran, Sean, me and you, buddy. <laughs> Look at that. Sully. Yes. If you know Brian Eno, he's, he's, he's going to be credit for the Brian Eno. If you know who Brian Eno was, Brian Eno was the producer who came in, who convinced Bono and the edge to change their sound, to go and create an album of electronic music. And I was like everybody else in the nineties. Like I was a grunge guy. I was, I was Nirvana. I was Pearl Jam. I was listening to, you know, these, these incredible guitar heavy records. Yep. And then Octon Baby came out and it was a complete deviation of all of that. And everybody was like, electronic music isn't real music. I mean, there was a time, kids, that a DJ that you would go and listen to, we would think that guy's a tool. Like we, th- we thought people who sampled music weren't really artists. There were rappers that got ripped all the time. I mean, our, our dads would go and listen to like a rap song and be like, oh, they ripped off a, 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 a 1950s song. That's Temptation not real. Song. Yeah, whatever, right? Like, yeah. that's not real music. You're stealing somebody else's hook to make your song work. Like, there was a time when that was considered to be, like, really not a cool thing to do. Right. And over time, things change and blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> I love it. I, I'm a, I could talk 23 hours on music. Back not, tomorrow. Right now we're done. Hit the like. Hit the subscribe. All the fun stuff. Dave, Matt, back tomorrow for our Tuesdays BVB. Baseball player.